good people of Rotobon. What's happening? Welcome back to the Rotobon podcast. Pete Davidson here, rogue that I am. Took a little too much time off. Um, sorry, guys. I said it was just going to be like a couple of uh, a weeks. Turns out um, I was having so much fun resting. I rested a little more. And then, man, and look, and I apologize for this because I know for those of you who have been Rotobonners for years, um, you were expecting something um, this week that you didn't get, and it's on me. Um, normally, I, I, I put out pre-combine rankings, and I have them. Um, I did not have a chance to do all the skinnies, and uh, I think I'll just put out some post-combine rankings once um, I'm clear of uh, what I've got going on. So today's been a, a good day. Um, what I meant to say was this week has been a bad week, um, and oh, the weekend was a bad weekend, but... Um, uh, basically, I've got. I'm going into surgery tomorrow. Is the problem? Um, it's nothing major. Hopefully, uh, I'll be back uh, at you know back to normal next week. Um, but complicating matters. In addition to the surgery I've got tomorrow, uh, on Monday I pulled a Costanza and uh, somebody left like a piece of paper on the stairs. I slipped and I fell down the stairs. I've never done that in my life, but uh, this is the first time for everything. And I completely ass blanked my ankle um i mean i'm just looking at this thing right now and it, man, this shit is fucked up um and thankfully i um have had a couple major ankle injuries in my life and i just happened to own uh, a cryo cuff so i was able to start icing basically like five minutes after i did the thing once i pulled myself back up the stairs of my hands <laughs> with my hands um so I've been in uh, pretty deep pain this week. I've been icing and doing things that are not fantasy football. Um, so I'm sorry, folks. I really am. Uh, but feeling better this morning. You can hear it. I'm not, you know, I woke up early. I iced the foot. And I'm just going through some of my rankings here. I'm going to tell you pretty much, you know, where am I above consensus on some of these guys? Going to go through the big position groups. Um and just have a little bit of have a little bit of uh, pre pre combine fun here. Uh, I know everybody's going to be spending the next couple days watching this stuff. I'm not. I'm going to be like in recovery. Uh, but uh, my wife knows how to work the VCR. So um, once I am home, rested, uh, pain free, and uh, free of the web of uh, opioids, which I think I'm going to be like a uh, on like a 24 to 36 hour opioid run when this thing is over. Um, I will dig in and uh, watch the combine and have some fun with it. And uh, then we're going to really get into uh, the traditional Rotobahn offseason where we uh, rank these players and, and do all that stuff. I'm not sure where my final rankings are going to be. Uh, I've had a couple people inquire as to what it would cost to put my stuff on their site. I didn't really get an offer that I want to take yet. I'm still talking to a couple people. So it's possible that a lot of my rookie stuff won't be on Rotobahn. Um, we'll have to see how that, that goes down. If it happens, it'll probably be somewhere where you can access it in, without a paywall. So, you know, you'll be able to get my stuff one way or the other. Obviously, the Rotobahn podcast is always going to be here um, as well. Uh, I'm also toying around with the idea of putting my final rankings um, up for pay on Rotobahn. If I do that, um, I just want all Rotobahn supporters to know that your past support means something. So if I decide to do... Um, a pay version of my rookie rankings. Anybody who's made a Rotobon donation since we opened up the donations last year. Okay. So if you donated in 2018 or 2019 or 2020, uh, it'll be free for you. 
uh, I will. All you have to do is let me know. Uh, I will give you um, a place to get in touch with me. And um, anybody who just all you have to do, I've got a record of everybody who's donated to Rotobon. Um, all you have to do is you know shoot me your email or shoot me a uh, DM on Twitter. Uh, and I will shoot you the link. Um, that's if we go pay. I'm not sure. But uh, I just wanted to send that message loud and clear to anybody who supported the site. You will have access uh, to the rookie rankings. Um, and if you want to throw another donation, that's great. But I'm not, I'm going to make sure that, you know, all you guys get taken care of. That's important to me. Um, so uh, sorry for that. That was a little long winded. Uh, but again, this is going to now really lean into a typical Rotobon offseason. Um, we're going to have pre-draft ranks like always. Uh, there will be some scouting reports. Um, and uh, I'm going to start doing some best ball content at some point too. Um, so really looking forward to it. Um, wish I could have the fun you guys are going to have over the next 48 hours. Uh, but I'm going to be having the, <laughs> the polar opposite of fun. Uh, but hey, it's bumping the road. These things happen. Um, so let's uh, let's get into this. Um, I'm going to do running backs, then receivers, then a little bit of quarterback stuff. Uh, I'm going to mention a tight end, maybe two, uh, and then we're going to get you guys out of here. Okay. Uh, first up, we're going to uh, do a little running back stuff here. Um, I don't think I am, you know, hugely different from a lot of the other people out there when you look at my top three. Um, Swift for me is number one. I'm not sure why so many people are fighting this. Um, I don't see another back in this class that I can even consider ahead of Swift for me with my eyes personally. I mean, the guy does so much so well. He's a really calm, low heart rate runner, which I love. Um, you know, he runs behind his pads. He's got great vision. He's sudden. Uh, he can string moves together in, in multiple directions. He's got good hands. Uh, he's patient inside. He runs well outside. I mean, I, I, there's just not a lot on film that I don't like about DeAndre Swift. And, uh, you know, when we fast forward to the NFL paradigm, he, it, it gets better uh, in my mind. Um, uh, and, you know, not, not super big. His listed weight, I had him at 222, which I knew was way high. Uh, I think he came in about 10 pounds below that at his weigh-in, uh, which lines up to what I'm watching on film. Uh, obviously, that's a guess. Um, Dobbins came in uh, about eight pounds less than I had him listed at, which is somewhat concerning, somewhat. But I love the way Dobbins runs. I, I, I'm really surprised so many people are running away from him. Uh, he is, uh, I don't want to say locked in as my second back, but he is locked in as one of the guys I'm very much going to chase if I like the landing spot. Uh, I have no doubts as to Dobbins' Uh, talent. Um, and, and then my third guy is um, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who, you know, um, another guy where he had some buzz and now the, the, the detractors are coming in. Um, obviously, you know, not a, not a huge guy. Uh, there, I, I, there would have to be some um, size concerns with a guy like Hilaire. Um, in fact, I'm just looking here. Yeah, he came in at 207. Um, so, you know, that's uh, a little bit on the light side. Um, and if he runs super duper slow, like a lot of people seem to think he will, uh, maybe I will reassess. But I really like the film. I love how functional this guy is in every phase of the game. Love the way he catches the football. Uh, love the way he can make people miss in tight quarters. Uh, he's a direct runner, which I like. Um, so, 
those three guys really, I like them a lot. Um, now, when we move past my top three, um, you know, Akers is a guy I like a lot, but he's a tough guy to figure, and he's, you know, he can definitely put a foot in the ground. Um, one thing I love about Akers is the way he, he flashes burst after contact, um, impressive burst inside, um, but you know, and, and he runs through arm tackles, he's, he's got a lot of different ways he can beat people, he's got a stiff arm, he really runs alpha, um, a lot of good things, I got a nose for the stripe, there, there's a lot to like with Akers, um, but I want to look into his fumbling, uh, he's a little bit, I don't know if I don't like the handle so much as I just don't like the... He's just a little loose with the football, um, uh, and on inside runs, he doesn't use that second hand nearly enough. So I, you know, this is stuff that can be fixed, um, but it's a little bit of a concern. Um, and then the, the the intermittency with his big plays. Now a lot of that has to be Florida State's blocking. Um, so so Acres is a guy I've done. You know, I don't. Probably only Swift right now in terms of backs I've watched more film of than Akers. Um, but having said that, um, I'm probably going to watch even more on Akers. There is some unwatched stuff, and I'm probably going to go through all of it again, to be honest. Um, uh, Jonathan Taylor is a guy I really like. Um, some of you may have already known, uh, you know, picked up that I'm under consensus on Taylor for sure, just because I, I'm very concerned about him being pigeonholed as an early down runner and then me having to pay an elite price uh, to obtain his services. So if I am not feeling the landing spot, if I don't feel like he's going to be a monster touchdown guy, I, you know, I'm probably going to let somebody else pay for him uh, for the most part. You know, And then the other angle on a guy like Taylor is, well, how much less am I going to pay for a guy like A.J. Dillon? Who, I, you know, A.J. Dillon, uh, in terms of early down running and power running, you know, there's not much not to like. This guy's got some Derrick Henry to him. Um, you know, minus minus the breakaway speed that Henry does possess uh, with the size-speed combo. Now, if A.J. Dillon comes up and surprises on his 40 time, I think he's going to shoot up. Um, now, I, I don't think he's going to flash Henry's speed, but I do think his speed is maybe a little underrated. Um, and his ability to hold and bounce is a little underrated. Um, this guy's a dictating runner. Um, and the thing I love about A.J. Dillon, uh, he's bigger than 240. I think he weighed in closer to 250. Um, he runs like a big back. I love big backs who don't want to prove to you know something to you that, you know, oh, I'm big, but I can, no, no. This guy's like, I know what, you know, wins for me, and he runs that way. Uh, you know, it's, maybe that's a little thing, but to me, I like guys who understand what their strengths are. It's a big deal to me, uh, and I think Dylan is not a guy who has dreams of being something he's not. He enjoys playing like a big bruising back, um, and man, he trucks some people. I mean, it's it's unreal, um, and he wins uh, confrontations. He wins one-on-two confrontations, this guy. I mean, he runs like an animal. Um, really like him, uh, but you know, same basic problem as with Jonathan Taylor where, you know, in, unless he develops a pass game, unless there's things that we didn't see on film, that we didn't see anything on film, I mean, there's just like nothing, um, good chance that A.J. Dillon's an early down back. Now, if he ends up being like the early down back for the Ravens or something like that, oh my word, this guy could be unbelievable. Um, so I think, you know, and, and look, same for Jonathan Taylor, you know, in that regard. Um, but Taylor isn't the big bruiser um, uh, that Dylan is. You know, I mean, it's, that, that's the thing about Dylan. He's just huge. Taylor, um, you know, he's in there 226 is what he weighed in at. You know, big back. You know, good, solid big back. Uh, but we're talking about a, 
you know, so it, it, Jonathan Taylor's a big back. He's given up 20 pounds to A.J. Dillon. So just for some scale there. Um, some other backs I like, you know, we like Eno Benjamin. I think I've mentioned him on Twitter. Uh, I'm interested to see how Michael Pirine performs. Um, you know, I think Zach Moss from Utah, he gets a lot of buzz. I'm open-minded to Zach Moss. There's some things I really like about him. Um, you know, I like... I, as you guys, for folks who have been listening to Rotobon for years, if you're a big back with good feet, you've got my attention. And, and Zach Moss is a big back with good feet. Now he's a little older. Um, and one thing about him that concerned me when I went through his film, and I watched a lot of film on him, and I'm going to watch more, um, but he had a lot of his big moments against really weak opponents. So statistically, I'm not sure where I'm at with him. I, I might have to go back and sort of airbrush some of the numbers with him. Well, this net, you know, this this run makes it deceiving. That run makes it deceiving. But the thing is, in isolation, the film work on him is impressive. Um, so, uh, you know, he's going to be a landing spot guy. Uh, you know, how fast he runs will be a factor. But, you know, I think you know, I have positive feelings on Zach Moss. Um, some guys... Um, that uh, that coach and I both like, who are a little bit below the radar. Some guys we're going to be watching closely this weekend um, from App State, uh, Darrington Evans. Um, good, solid back. I like him. You know, he's not a big back, but I like him. Um, Anthony McFarland um, from Maryland, the guy that we were on, we really like. Now, ball security issues, role potential issues, uh, but, you know, he weighed in at 208. Now, if he didn't McDonald's his way up to 208, if he was actually playing at 208 last year, which, frankly, I sort of doubt, but uh, it's still an encouraging number. Um, you know, it'll be up to the NFL you know, they'll probably tell us on draft day, you know, is that a real weight or did he puff up? Uh, obviously, if he runs slow, we'll know something is up because this guy can fly. Uh, but Anthony McFarland is a guy um, I definitely have my eyes on. Uh, primary concern, probably ball security. Um, and then, um, let me see, who else do we want to sort of mention here? Um, McFarland, Darrington Evans, McFarland, and then I would say Levante Bellamy out of Western Michigan. He's a little older, he's small back, uh, but we really like his speed. Um, and, you know, he's a guy with a tweak or two. Uh, if he landed in the right spot, um, you know, he could be something. He's got some, you know, he's sort of an under-the-radar guy with talent, probably not going to have to pay anything for him. So we're interested to see how he performs. This is a pretty solid running back class. Uh, not the greatest thing I've ever seen, but it's a solid running back class. Um... And uh, we're going to have a lot more information coming on the backs. Uh, at least 10 guys, I think, when all is said and done, that are you know that we're really going to want to go after um, with probably, uh, I don't know, maybe five guys that are really, you know, really, maybe five or six guys that are really first-round viable. We'll see. Uh, that was actually a little more time than I wanted to spend on the running backs, but... Um, let's uh, let's jump over to the receivers, man. <laughs> uh, just... Some of you guys are going to be like, well, you didn't bring up this guy. You didn't bring up that guy. It's that kind of class, okay? Um, I'm going to go through some guys that I'm above consensus on. Uh, not going to spend a whole lot of time here on certain players. I mean, you know, I will give my specific takes on C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy and T. Higgins, um, you know, and Henry Ruggs and uh, Jalen Rigor, who I just, 
<laughs> have an ongoing love affair with. Um, but, you know, these guys are locked in on my board. They're first-round talents. Uh, only, like, injury or really bad landing spot, I think, could get them out of the first round of fantasy drafts. Um, we'll hammer these guys and drill them down and decide where they belong uh, when it's time to do the deed. But, you know, again, C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, T. Higgins, uh, Jalen Rigor, and uh, Henry Ruggs, these guys are really good. Now, there's a name I left off. In fact, for those of you who are hyper-informed, hopefully, since you're Rotobonders, you're going, wait a minute, wait a minute. What about LaVisca Chanel, or however you pronounce this guy's name? Um, uh, he's definitely going to be in my top five. He's going to displace people. He's probably going to end up maybe even in my top four or even three. Uh, for all I know, I'm going to push this guy above Judy or Lamb by the end of this thing. I, I have spent a couple days watching film on LaVisca, and... Wow. <laughs> this guy is something else. Uh, for those of you who don't know, gets, go watch some film. LaVisca Chanel out of uh, Colorado. Uh, he's 21, 6'2", 220. Actually, I should see what he weighed in at. Um, I, haven't, I haven't dug into the receiver weigh-ins yet. Um, I don't really care, to be honest with you. This guy is special. Uh, he is a dynamo after the catch. Uh, I was talking uh, uh, about him yesterday with Coach. We are saying this guy could be like the next Julian Edelman, but it would be like, you know, Edelman plus. Um, he, he could be a dominant slot in the right system. We could look at him sort of the way we looked at a guy like A.J. Brown um, last year when we thought he would be a pure slot. Um, I'm not saying that he's like A.J. Brown. They're very different players, but... He could exist in a slot role, become a volume player, and do all kinds of damage in the right NFL offense. But this guy could also just play outside. He's got hybrid potential. Um, the one thing you worry about um, with LaVisca is, does he do so many things well that he becomes a jack-of-all kind of player and doesn't get a focus volume the way we want? Um, you know, that's sort of, you know, out there. We know C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy and guys like that are going to get treated like receivers and stars. Is it possible this guy could get caught into some type of role that is suboptimal for fantasy? I mean, it's possible. Uh, but boy, whew, I really like this kid. Um, he is probably going to be, when all is said and done, one of the guys I'm most above consensus on, unless he shows up and just pins the combine and ends up moving up the board and you know we'll see what happens but uh LaVisca Chanel very 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 high on this guy really really like him um so that's six receivers right there that's six receivers that you know coach and I are both just like just convinced on um so really between the running backs we've talked about that I like and just these six receivers You've got a first round right there that really that you're going to love, and and there's more. Okay, um, you know Justin Jefferson at LSU is a legit baller. Um, I'm really high on um, Brandon Ayuk uh, out of Arizona State. Now you know he's a a little bit more of an unpolished gem, um, but I really uh, really like this kid. Um, you know he's a little bit soft in some areas of his game but that's sort of a probably the wrong word to use because I don't think he's soft uh, but you know he needs to develop uh, some of the fine uh, wide receiver skills um, I think a lot of people will wrongfully peg him as like a special teamer kick returner 
I, I love the way this kid plucks the football when he does it. It's a little inconsistent, but the thing we like, and you know, this is something that I get stuck on, Coach does too, uh, but we like guys who are hands catchers. Uh, even if they're showing some inconsistency, I'd rather have a guy who's catching it with his hands than a guy who's body catching who I have to move him towards hand catching. So this guy, I think, is a little on the raw side. He's a Juco guy. Uh, but boy, <laughs> if this guy hits, I love it. The, the, my, my, I, now I'm gonna. I've got five games that I've found on Brandon, and I'm hoping to, to get my hands on some more. Uh, I'm definitely gonna go through his film. Uh, we'll look at what he does in the combine. Um, we're gonna keep digging on this guy. The, my big question. I mean, I'm definitely want to be in the Brandon Ayuk business. Uh, you know, like with Laviska, I just really like this kid. Uh, the question is. How do we want to approach acquisition? He may be a guy where let somebody else take him. If we think that rookie curve is going to be harsh, he could be a guy to go after during the season next year. You might be able to get him for less uh, than he will be on draft day. So you know, we may want to tailor an approach where we think we're going to get you know, him at the lowest price, uh, but he's definitely a guy who's got my attention. I like this kid. Um, my basic take is that I think by like 2022, this guy's going to be balling somewhere. Um, we may want to approach him like he's got that type of uh, event horizon, if you will. But, you know, I may decide that I just like the talent enough where if his price is reasonable, I'll just pluck him earlier. Um other receivers that I personally like, Michael Pittman. We're getting near the at the end of the top ten here, um, and you know Pittman's. I think he's one of these guys where if you define him by what he isn't, he'll slide down your board. If you just define him by what he is, um, you and just keep adding those bricks, you will eventually find that you've built something. This guy's a player. He brings a lot to the table. Um, he's dependable. He catches the football. Uh, he can block. I mean, the NFL teams are going to see a lot to like. Um, you know, I, I think the one thing about Pittman I like to see, if he can perfect his release, where he can gain control of routes consistently, I think he's going to be a good NFL player. Obviously, 6'4", he's pretty big, um, he's got ball skills, a lot to like. Um, um, another guy who... And this is, this, this is going to probably be high, I don't think anybody else will have this guy this high, and maybe I'm going to end up moving some guys above him um, last year, David Sills filled in that category. We loved him, but then we found some guys we liked a little more. Um, but Gabriel Davis out of UCF, uh, young at 20 years old, six foot three, two twelve, still developing. Um, he's a little bit like Ayuk in that I think he's got nuanced stuff that he needs to work on. Um, Davis to me could be a little bit like a Terrell Williams, maybe not quite that lanky. Um, you know, he's a little inconsistent with his hands, but when he catches the ball, it's nice. Um, so Davis is a guy to me with tons of upside. I want to see him run well. Um, if he runs well, I'm probably going to try to keep him in that top 10 area and keep him on a guy, keep him on the list of guys I want to target if the price is right. If he runs slow, eh, then, you know, I might, <laughs> I, I might be a little bit less enthused. Um, Another guy I'd like to talk about is uh, A-double-G, the Gandy man, Antonio Gandy-Golden out of Liberty. Man, this guy's interesting. Um, you know, I think a lot of people want to sort of peg him as like a Kiaris Garrett kind of guy. Um, I But I like this, this Gandy-Golden kid. Um, Monster-like hands and ability to make catches one-handed with like both hands. Uh, really just nasty at the catch point. Um, 
you, the thing about him, uh, and it's similar to Pittman, um, now he's not as developed as Pittman, not even close, but uh, he's naturally bigger, and his ability to just make crazy catches behind his frame, above, below. Um, now, he's a little bit, I mean, he comes from Liberty, he's a long kid, um, probably will take some time to find his full game. Uh, but the thing about Gandy Golden is that because he possesses this interesting skill set, he could be a red zone specialist for a year or two while he's developing his full game. Um, you know, I don't know where I'm going to be on this kid at the end of the day. I think he'll definitely be in my top 20. Um, but the right landing spot, if we find him with a team that has sort of a vacancy for a big receiver, a team that has a quarterback who's a trusting quarterback who will put the ball out for a big receiver, um, you know, I think this is a kid who, who could have a future. So I like Antonio Gandy-Golden. Definitely has some hurdles in his future, some things he's going to have to do. Um, you know, he's going to have to perfect his release, things like that. Uh, but boy, there's a lot to like. Uh, and look, we're going to get to a lot of other guys in this class. There are a lot of good receivers in this class that I haven't even talked about yet. Um, some guys who I like, who are sort of down the list on a lot of people's rankings. Guys who I uh, I want to see how they um, perform at the Combine. Uh, John Hightower from Boise State is a guy I sort of like. Uh, Van Jefferson, um, who uh, he transferred from what um, Ole Miss uh, to Florida. Uh, I liked what he did at Florida. Um, now, he's not super twitchy impressive, but he's a long-body guy with some real talent. He's older. Um, but, you know, I think the right landing spot, uh, Van Jefferson, could be a guy. Now, really deep class, wide receivers a deep position. But I'm really bringing some of these guys up just to underscore how deep this class is. Um, you, know, I, you know, these are guys I don't have in my top 20 right now. Um, Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame, uh, similar kind of guy, just impressive on film, did, did some things that really caught my attention. Um, he's a guy who retains most of his athleticism when he's running at top speed. Um, you know, he can make uh, cuts in traffic without gearing down. Uh, you know, definitely needs some refinements. Um, I'd love to find some more film on this guy, but, you know, this is just a class that's filled with intriguing athletes, um, and we've got a broad spectrum, guys who are, you know, fully developed, guys who have exciting ceilings, um, but, you know, there's going to be 20 draftable receivers here or more, um, so, you know, we're already looking at a draft class where, um, you know, if you're in a 12-team league, your first three picks in this draft look like they're going to be real strong, and, 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 you know, a month from now, I might be saying, no, 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 Fuck that. Fourth round. Um, so, and you guys know I love deep drafting. I'm a big fan of hitting guys late second, mid third that I think have first round upside. Um, last year I did that with Terry McLaurin. Nobody nobody really wanted my guy Terry. I uh, Just as an example, I drafted him in several leagues, but I traded up uh, in Mike Tagliere's Lights Out League. I had the 14th pick because I won the league. And it's a 14 team league. Um, and I had traded my second pick um, for Julian Edelman. This is back in, what, 2018. Um, got Edelman. Edelman was great. Uh, won the league. That worked out. But I didn't have the second-round pick. I wanted to get McLaurin. So I used my third-round pick um, and Trey Burton. And I made a deal, actually, with Mike Tagliere. And I moved up to, I believe, the 26 or 7. Uh, and I snagged Terry McLaurin. Um so we're going to identify guys who we think can do that for us this year. They're, they're going to be out there. Um, and, um, you know, some of these guys that we really like, like, uh, you know, Rieger, Ruggs, Chenault, 
uh, you know, uh, some of these guys are going to be available later than we think. Uh, there are going to be some values at the end of round one this year. Uh, teams that had really strong seasons were sitting there with a 9, 10, 11, 12 pick. Folks, <laughs> you picked a really good year to be good because you're going to be getting good players with those picks. Um, okay, um, we're already going to be over a half hour on this bad boy, so um, let's wind this thing down. Uh, we're going to talk about some quarterbacks and uh, just a couple other little tidbits, and we'll get you out of here. Now, quarterbacks, um, certainly not a bad quarterback class. Um, for fantasy purposes, um, obviously I think you know Tua is the guy for fantasy for me. Um, I mean, Burrow may be a solid fantasy quarterback if he happens to luck onto a great offense and you know, Taylor, uh, well, if he goes to the Bengals and Taylor you know, gets that thing going and, you know, could happen. I'm not against adding Joe Burrow. You know, certainly not in the two QB league. He's going to have some value. I like Joe Burrow. Um, you know, hands and, and you know this whole thing with hand size. I, if I think the most disappointing thing when it comes to quarterbacks and hand size debates is people's inability to just be rational about things. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's you get two basic point of views. Oh, it matters. It matters. And oh, it doesn't matter at all. Like, it's like nobody can just say, yeah, it's a factor. Bigger hands are better than smaller hands, but it's not some end-all, be-all. Um, you know, everything matters. If, if hand size did matter, they wouldn't measure their hands. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, you know, what are the advantages of being a big-handed quarterback? Well, you know, you <clears throat> you can do things with the football that a small-handed quarterback can't do. You know, if you got 10-inch hands, you can hold the football with one hand. Um, you can do some different things. You know, it's going to be easier to throw the football in the rain. The ball isn't going to squeeze out as easily. I mean, there's, there are another really big advantage to a big-handed quarterback is the ability to keep the ball in line when you're moving right. Okay, if you watch most quarterbacks, particularly small-handed quarterbacks, they're 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 running right hard, sprinting right, and they need to bring a ball inside the sideline. They'll lose that ball right consistently because they can't wrap and spin. Again, not a big deal. How often do you see that play coming about? So, you know, you know, a big-handed quarterback will have some advantages in certain situations. In those same situations, is a small-handed quarterback worthless? No, but they may have to work a little harder to do certain things. And, um, you know, some quarter small-handed quarterbacks will struggle uh, in wet situations. Um, you know, and, you know, wet playoff games are, I think, getting a little fewer and further between. Um, and the big games almost always played indoors these days. Um, so, look, you know, should should anybody fade Joe Burrow on hand size? No, I wouldn't. Is it meaningless? No, it's not meaningless. It's not meaningless. I mean, you know, it, it, I mean, I've got about nine-inch hands. Um, you know, and if you've got nine-inch hands, go, go grip a football. Are you telling me nine-and-a-half-inch hands wouldn't be better? Come on. Anyway, um... But when you are a super skilled athlete, you can work around these things, okay? Um, hand size helps receivers too, but, you know, the fact that John Brown's got like eight and a half inch hands, never, you know, he works around it. He surrounds the football. He does what a small-handed receiver needs to do. You adapt. Um, so the, always the most important thing is the player, not some physical attribute. But the totality of the physical attributes matter, so we measure. Um, anyway, I like Burrow. He is my QB1, um, but for fantasy purposes, a month from now, I'm thinking Tua probably jumps him. That's probably what's going to happen. When I, If I get good reports on Tua and, and if we like his landing spot, 
Yeah, for fantasy purposes, this guy's going to be a running quarterback and a thrower. So, yeah, you're, I'm, I'm always going to go for the upside for fantasy purposes. Um, so I got Burrow up there now. Tua, again, fantasy purposes, probably ends up jumping him. I like Justin Herbert. Um, I'm going to do I, – I, it's funny. I did about six games on Herbert the other day, and it's sort of annoying. I hate it when this happens. But at the end of it, my reaction was basically, I need to do this again. I need to, I need to learn this player – better. Uh, he's a player, I think, where the nuance is going to matter. Um, very interesting quarterback. I think he does have some ceiling to him. Um, but I think, who else do I, a lot of guys here we could talk about. I don't really love any of them, so I'm going to blow it off. There's two more guys I really want to talk about here. Um, you know, I think Burrow, Tua, and, and, and Herbert all are very legitimate guys. Um, I think people... I'm not really on Jacob Eason, personally. You know, we'll see. I, I, I've got more watching to do. Maybe I'll come around on him. Uh, the, the one guy I think I'm just sort of surprised, and I know he you know, wasn't great in some big spots this year, uh, and you know, the shine is sort of off the apple a little bit, uh, but Jake, Jake Fromm um, from Georgia, you know, 21-year-old quarterback. He's got a lot of game experience under his belt. Um, you know, not a real big quarterback, but certainly big enough. Um, I'm surprised, you know, this is a guy with a lot of, you know, um, SEC experience. And again, I understand that people wanted more than they got from him recently. Uh, but if I'm an NFL team and I can get Jake Fromm like in the second round, shit, I'm doing that all day. Uh, I mean, even if I don't desperately need a quarterback, that's just, you know, you know, I think coach was saying the other day, it's like if, if Kirk Cousins is a good prospect, Jake, Jake Fromm's a good prospect, you know. Um, I, I'm down with that, you know, so I think, um, this is a guy who may present some value to us. I'm not like moving the deck chair furniture around or whatever, uh, to get from, uh, from whatever the hell you pronounce his name. Uh, but I like him and I think, um, you know, he looks like a guy where, especially like in two QB leagues, I think we may be able to, may be able to steal this guy. Um, and get a, a functional, maybe he's your third quarterback, but, you know, in a 2QB league, if you've got a third guy lying around who's startable, you know, that could be something. So I think Frohm is a guy where, I, I throw off the group think on him, let's see where he goes. He could be a target of opportunity, a value pick uh, in 2QB leagues. Um, and then the quarterback I really love, <laughs> I just tipped my hand, uh, is Jordan Love uh, out of Utah State. Um, yeah, he's a little raw, Um but boy, he makes some plays. He throws the football so naturally. Um, at times, it's almost, I don't like to say this because I don't think it's, it's not really right to say this, but there's some Mahomesian kind of stuff going on there, here and there. Um, so Jordan Love is sort of like, um, like the kid from Georgia, really, where I think he may be a value proposition. I don't hear enough people professing their love for Jordan. And if he sort of slips down and I can get a guy like him with a non-premium pick and I like the landing spot, uh, Jordan Love, he, he's got my attention. So, I mean, and those really are the five quarterbacks who, from fantasy, uh, from a fantasy perspective, have my attention. It's the big three, uh, Burrow, Tuo, Herbert. Um, but then uh, Love and From, I think, uh, are, are interesting guys. Um, and, and Love... He's got my attention. Uh, I, you know, I want more film on him. I'm looking for it. Uh, Coach has a full game that uh, I'm going to get to see. Uh, so, you know, he's a guy where 
I'm definitely going to be working on him a little bit over the next uh, eight weeks, trying to get more information, trying to watch maybe some film I haven't found yet, uh, and rewatching what I have, just because I like Jordan Love. Now, you know, what am I willing to pay? What do I think the developmental curve looks like? That's all stuff that I'm, I'm still working on. Uh, and obviously the landing spot is just going to be enormous. Um, you know, he lands behind an established young quarterback and, you know, sort of out the window. Uh, okay, a couple more things we're going to hit here and we'll wrap this up. Uh, before we get out of here, I definitely want to spend just a second on the tight ends, mostly to say I've got a lot more work to do on the tight ends. Um, I, You know, I don't love this year's group. Um, we've had a couple of really strong classes. This class is... I would say really typical. I don't say all The kid out of Notre Dame, Cole Komet. Um, you know, I mean, hey, you know, runs good seam route, runs good routes overall, catches the ball real well. Uh, not a big fan of his overall game. Uh, but as we learned with Mark Andrews, that's really not always a problem. Uh, so, you know, uh, I'm definitely going to be doing more work on the tight ends. I think I'm probably least complete of all the groups that would be the tight ends. Uh, but, you know, Komet definitely is an attention getter. Um, I mean, he's going to be an NFL guy for sure. Um, and maybe the fact that I don't like his blocking, uh, you know, we've seen that that can, can be a good thing. It can increase your routes run. Uh, and we're here for fantasy purposes. We're not going to forget that. Uh, and then, you know, Thaddeus Moss obviously is a guy, um, you know, obviously the name Moss is an attention getter for sure. Um, and his film is, is interesting. I, I I didn't expect him to be such a good blocker. I, you know, I expected him to be more like Randy Moss and less like a tight end. Uh, he's a little undersized. Uh, very compelling prospect, and um, you know, clearly a guy who probably has more offensive ability than we've seen so far. Uh, he could have that traditional tight end curve where we might have a very different idea about what he is uh, two, three years from now. So, um, you know, typical leagues. You know how much value are tight ends that are going to have traditional developmental curves how much are they going to have probably not a whole lot but with tight end premium on the rise uh in some leagues um you know these these guys are going to be people to go after so uh as you guys know i play in multiple tight end premium formats so uh it, tight ends are very important to me in terms of getting a handle on these guys uh and over the next week uh eight weeks uh, i certainly will but these two guys right now are jumping off a little bit to me um and yeah, th that's it for the tight ends now. I'm not going to go crazy on it. Um, and that's pretty much it for this podcast. Uh, again, I just want to uh, apologize for uh, being away for so long, um, but uh, definitely needed to recharge the batteries. And unfortunately, um, it, there was a tragedy in my family um, on the Christmas holiday, and it, it just, um, it was harsh. Um, somebody died, and it, it, it my brother-in-law's mother it was an accident and it just sort of rocked my family and it changed the way our holidays worked and obviously my heart still goes out to my in-laws um, uh, and it just sort of threw off our schedule a little bit um, and it, I don't know sometimes things happen that make that just sort of change the way you think a little bit and uh, I decided to put a little bit more effort into some other areas because family life suddenly took on a little bit of a heightened importance. Sometimes things happen and they change your perspective. And uh, I've had that kind of January uh, and February. So um, all, all of that is settled down. Uh, my health is settling down. Things are generally good. 
Uh, I'm going to be down and out for the next 48 hours, unfortunately. But uh, I'm going to come back next week strong. Uh, March is going to be a very active month. April is going to be a very active month. Uh, I will be away uh, a couple weeks. going to take like a five or six day just straight up vacation with the wife. But I'll have high speed. I'll be doing some work while I'm, while I'm there. Um, and I'm really looking forward to that. So, uh, again, sorry for the, uh, the little gap. Uh, but I, it, it actually did a lot for me, helped me recharge. Man, did I watch a lot of film. Uh, really do like this rookie class. I'm excited uh, to get ready for my drafts. Uh, and hopefully you guys uh, are all feeling the same kind of thing. So enjoy the combine over the next couple days. And I'll uh, see you guys next week. Lots of podcasts coming up. Uh, see you soon. Since the last program, I've been around the world touring with a crew. Every jail in Germany, I've been there. Let's chill it out a little bit with this very unusual assumption.